Lord, I just want to share with all of you, and feel free to just continue eating and even go to the treat table while we're talking. This is kind of a, a casual, uh, loose setting, but I want to share just a couple things with you, and I want to read the Christmas story, but I want to, uh, I want to uh, announce a couple of things. First, I want to recognize uh, my wife and Pastor Denise uh, and Pastor Joseph, who came and worked very hard to set things up yesterday, get the food properly prepared, and also our board members and their families uh, have been serving today. Can we just give them a little applause of appreciation? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just think this is so, uh, just so lovely to be able to share together. Um, tomorrow night, Christmas Eve at 5 p.m., we're going to be having a, our Christmas Eve service. It's going to be brief. It's going to be a more traditional service. Again, uh, we're going to sing some carols, worship the Lord, uh, share the Christmas story, and um, partake of, uh, of the Lord's Supper. Uh, and it's going to be an hour at the outside. So it's going to be very, very brief. You'll be definitely be out of here by 6 p.m. to be able to spend time with your family. Um, I feel like uh, service on Christmas Eve is very, very important so that we don't, we don't get after the holiday and say, boy, we, this should have been more about Jesus than it was for us. Amen. How many feel that same way? And so we, we really want to do that. Uh, we recognize people have things with their family, so there's no, there's no pressure or condemnation. We just want to make that definitely available uh, to you. And if you can come, we would love to have you here and invite you and just uh, come together as a family and worship the Lord on Christmas. Um, I also want to mention um, that we're not going to be having midweek service this week. Some of this stuff is in your bulletin. So the Wednesday night service, uh, we are off this week, and then we'll meet again, obviously, a week from today. I want to read um, the Christmas uh, story, and we've been in a series uh, this month where we've been touching on these passages uh, all, all month, but I want to I read here from Luke chapter 2, and I'm just going to share briefly, not really preach a sermon, but just a couple of observations about this beautiful passage. In Luke 2, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Lovely story. I literally can't imagine to count, to begin to count how many times I've heard that story, read that story. Uh, just a precious thing for us to talk about it at Christmas time. I want to focus on 
one word, really it's a name, at the beginning of the passage that, that probably nobody ever talks about or few people talk about in church. And this is the name Quirinius. All right? So you're reading it, and it's talking about the registration or the census, which has to do with taxation of the Roman government. And right in the middle of it, here Luke is telling the story, and all of a sudden he says, well, this was when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And so then we go on, and most people would read that passage, and um, the most that they, effort they would put into that is trying to figure out how in the world to pronounce this crazy name. Um, and once they get past it, they breathe a sigh of relief, and they go on to the main thing, right, which is Jesus giving birth, and the shepherds, and the angels, and everything else. And there's a point to that, I, I don't deny. But I want to kind of uh, pause here for a second, because Luke is up to something. Who in the world is Quirinius? And why is he mentioned so prominently in the Christmas story? Well, first of all, um, for Luke's purposes and even for our purposes today, Quirinius dates the text, right? So we can read and we can read other historical documents from the time and we can find out when this took place because he was governor of that region, right? Judea fell under the region of Syria as far as the Romans were concerned. And so we can figure out when this happened. That's one just kind of a nuts and bolts thing. But there's another more important thing that is going on. Luke is trying to make a point, and that's the point that I want to talk about today. When he mentions the name of the Roman governor at the time, he's letting us know this is not just a pious legend. This isn't just a nice uh, fable story that's being told. It has a time and a place. If I were to say such and such, the Lord spoke such and such to me when uh, Donald Trump was president and Jay Inslee was governor of the state of Washington, those things coming together help me understand this is happening in real time and place. This isn't just a fable. This is something that's actually happening. And not only that, the name Quirinius, as I said, the most it does to us is it becomes a tongue twister. But for them, Quirinius was a heavy-handed Roman governor who was resented, who was too hard on his people. Right? So Luke is making a point here, and that is that Jesus came into our world as it was. He came into a world, if you just, just give this text a glance, first of all, the dysfunctional government is mentioned. Kind of interesting that this is our Christmas Sunday and our government has shut down. Right? We're in the middle of a government shutdown. So it's strangely poetic that we're talking about uh, the birth of Jesus in the midst of dysfunctional government. So there's dysfunctional government. The dysfunctional government is interested in excessive taxation. Hello? Anybody? Excessive taxation. And this isn't just happening in the high levels of government. It's having a domino effect down to where people are actually living because of this. Joseph and Mary had to inconvenience, more than inconvenience themselves, really endanger themselves to travel. When she's great with child, she has to travel a very difficult route uh, from Galilee in the north uh, to Judea in the south. And then when she gets there, there's 
no accommodation because everybody's crowding into the city because of the registration, and she's got to give birth under very difficult circumstances, more difficult than usual, right? So this is Jesus coming to us uh, in our world as it was. And I was pondering this, and I was thinking about my childhood Christmases, and I was thinking about uh, the effort that my family went to, my parents in particular, to create an atmosphere in the house. Christmas to me is a time for atmosphere. We're kind of doing it in, in the church. There's lights and there's music and there's, you know, those kind of Christmassy feelings, you know, where you have the smell of uh, cloves and nutmeg and cinnamon coming from the kitchen and you have Christmas music playing in the background. You have the Christmas lights and uh, children laughing, and there's just this kind of an atmosphere that's going on, and there's this attempt to sort of create this winter wonderland or this ideal Christmas world uh, in which we can receive Christmas, right? Uh, I remember when I was a missionary in Ecuador, and I was on the coast of Ecuador. This is at sea level on the equator. It's a pretty hot part of the world, and I would, you'd go and you'd see people's uh, houses, and you know what people were doing in Ecuador? they were spraying fake snow in their windows. You know how you have this fake snow and you do that? Well, here fake snow kind of fits, right? Because it can potentially snow here. And if it doesn't, well, that's what you do. You spray fake snow. They were doing it in Ecuador. We're talking about this is the closest thing to snow these people had ever seen, and it was coming out of a can. Uh, it, it, the, the effort in the human mind to sort of create a perfect wonderland or setting in which we can receive Christmas. But the reality is it's not about an ideal Christmas. It's, that's not what Christmas is really about, this sort of feeling or this sort of perfect setting in which Jesus can be received. It's not about an ideal Christmas. It's about an ideal Savior. Jesus came to us in our situation as it is. So you could be dealing with difficulties. There could be trials in your personal life. And I can remember many times where I thought, I can't believe all this difficulty and all this trial and all this upset is happening to me at Christmas. Christmas time should be a time of calm, and it should be this perfect atmosphere and wonder. Everything should be ideal uh, at this time of the year. And I can't believe there's crisis. I can't believe there are problems. I can't believe there are challenges. But that's the Jesus we serve. Jesus came to us in our uh fallen world, our defective situation, our dysfunction, our problems to meet us at the point of our need. So let's just keep that in mind this Christmas and let's find comfort in that, that Jesus comes to us where we are. If, as in, the, in the following days, we come together, we've got family and sometimes Christmas is the time family comes together and those problems come out. How many can say amen? Amen. But that's okay because Jesus is enough. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this church family, for every single one. God, we release the blessing of God in this place, the joy of the Holy Spirit. God, let your peace be in the home of everyone. Not because we're spiritual, Jesus, but because you're spiritual. Because you're coming to save us and you're coming to do a work and to set us free. We bless you and we glorify you and we thank you for coming to save us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all.